I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Dirty moderates, give us your tired and your poor. Reads the Statue of Liberty, a gift from France in the 19th century. America has always been a haven for immigration. I hope it always will be. And right now we are yet again in the throes of the worst kind of immigration politics. And that's what I want to talk about today. But I want to do what I always do for you guys is find some middle ground. Stake out the uncharted, dirty, moderate territory. Because what we're watching today in the last couple of days with Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott before him and Doug Ducey of Arizona before him is issues and controversies which only generate more heat than they do light. So let's go back. Let's go back. Immigration has been a largely bipartisan issue in the latter part of the 20th century. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, back in 1986, after a landslide victory two years prior, Ronald Reagan gave illegal immigrants, three million of them actually, amnesty. Widely supported. The bill was credited with its humanity and its scope at the time. It was supposed to be harsher on employers who hired, uh, hired illegal immigrants, but that didn't quite work out. And of course, as times changed, the border got more crowded and Latin American countries collapsed uh, for a variety of reasons, and many of their migrants came here. Now, it should be said that in the last two years of the Biden administration, almost two years, we've had about a million migrants or more who have entered, but from a variety of countries. They're not all, it's not a million people from Venezuela and Nicaragua. The, the immigration has come from over 50 or even 75 countries. So we should know that. I mean, for example, up in Portland, Maine right now, there's a huge influx of Angolan African immigrants who are fleeing poverty and despair in their country. And, and Maine has assistance laws and they're finding work and so on and so forth. But going over what Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott are doing is abhorrent. And let me condemn that at the outset because I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. These guys are engaging in fascist fuckery to pull off stunt leadership, the worst kind at the expense of human beings, by actually trafficking them. Uh, Ron DeSantis taking 50 mainly Venezuelan immigrants who have, of course, been fleeing Maduro's socialist regime, something you think he would be welcoming to, uh, originally Chavez's decrepit regime, took 50 of them. And then they actually got on a plane in Texas and then got to Martha's Vineyard by way of South Carolina. Nobody seems to know why they stopped in South Carolina. But anyway, they go to the posh Cape Cod Island town of whatever you call it, of Martha's Vineyard. Now, Greg Abbott has been doing this. He's been rattling the feathers of Washington, D.C., where its own mayor, Muriel, Muriel Bowser, had to declare a state of emergency for the influx of immigrants. So all you hear today is, you see, you blue states and blue cities want them. You said your sanctuary cities. Take them. Well, what do you mean take them? I mean, aren't we the United States of America? And sanctuary cities are not anything that in many ways should be stigmatized. I mean, sanctuary cities were places that had been around for a while, but really provided a safe haven during Trump's cruel and inhumane immigration policies during his administration. By the way, it should be noted that 
at least a million or more came in in the same period of time under Trump or through a two-year stretch of the Trump administration, same as Biden. So, But it has been the largest influx now that we've seen overall in terms of the number of people who are coming into the country, crossing the border, fleeing poverty, and then those who are seeking asylum. Asylum is legal, by the way. You have to cross the border. You have to come through a particular point of entry. But when you do, you're granted a safe haven. But let it be known to progressives who are howling today about this stunt, which is horrible and criminal and wrong and degrading and all the bloody chum that the MAGA base wants, you know, let's beat up on the brown people. Federal government puts immigrants all the time on buses and just drops them in different places of the country, well within the, the nation's interior, just so people know that. Not everybody just comes in and has somewhere to go. And as a matter of fact, because there can be a five to seven year backlog, it's unbelievable, five to seven years while people wait to go to court, to meet a judge, or to have their asylum officially granted, people settle into America. This is the issue. We have a backlog bureaucratic mess of a system. I mean, it isn't just as simple as be humane, although we should be, but The answer is never to act violently or like a fascist because all DeSantis and Abbott are doing cheap ploy for votes in the worst kind of way is kicking the can down the road. We need immigration reform. Let it be known that Reagan absolutely admirably embarked upon it. George W. Bush was elected, you may remember, as a compassionate conservative, and he really wanted to be a welcoming country. That would make it easier for legal immigrants to get here, but would find a a harbor for those that couldn't. Uh, John McCain in 2013 got a bill through through the House and then tried to get it through the Senate. And because of the politics of the time, the Republicans against Obama, et cetera, et cetera, the whole thing crashed and burned. But there's, again, you know, an honorable tradition of the Republican Party looking to make good on this, looking to find find a harbor find a home for people fleeing. That's other countries. That's what this country has been built on. Now, it should be noted for those that don't know that between 1924-25, about there till Lyndon Johnson's time in the 60s, there was something called the Hart-Seller, C-E-L-L-E-R bill in, uh, in effect, which other than letting in Mexicans for cheap labor, barred all immigration except for those from Northern Europe, you know, the white Scandinavian people. That was largely because there had been a huge influx of Jews and Italians and and Poles and all that in the late 19th and early 20th century. And yeah, we had those laws on the books. So people always say, well, in the 40s, we didn't have that problem. Well, no, you had the problem of, of keeping people out. People weren't even here. The country wasn't throwing open its arms in the way that it had in earlier times. I mean, People used to come through Ellis Island, for example, as everybody knows, my family did. It was a much easier process to get through. There was less people. It was a a new experiment of a country that would welcome people from anywhere um, and any place. So the immigration debate has always fallen, of course, along deeply racial and ethnic lines. It's always been demagogue. It's always been something that the far right or the fascists use to weaponize, to to generate fear, to create an animus among the people in this country, turn them against each other, call it to other, all those things. Okay. But one of the things that's happened, right, is that 
after Obama's reelection, and this is very, very important, the Republican Party had an autopsy. I don't know if you guys remember this. Who led the autopsy? Reince Priebus. Yeah, that guy from the Trump era. He was the RNC chair there. And after Romney's loss, the Republicans all got together and said, you know, demography is destiny. What does that mean? Well, that the demographics of the United States were changing. Reince Priebus famously said we're going to be a majority-minority country by 2050. And the Republican Party has to embrace people who are of different backgrounds, colors, ethnicities. Remember that Obama had won a huge swath of that vote. The country had reelected its first black president yet again. And the Republicans looked at the tea leaves and said, we have to do something. Now, let it be known, George W. Bush in 2004 got a very healthy percentage of the Latino vote nationally the year he was reelected. And Latinos have had an independent or even conservative streak. You're seeing some border candidates now running as Republicans, you know, speaking to the idea that all Latinos are a monolith and a Venezuelan person is obviously not Nicaraguan. A lot of Nicaraguan immigrants are coming too, by the way. They're, everybody's different. Everybody doesn't think the same way, which is also, interestingly, so much of what immigration is about is that a variety of backgrounds and ideas, faiths, values, institutional frameworks, and cultures can come together largely and coexist in the what everyone always used to call the melting pot, right, or the salad bowl. But there's been a lot of people who've come legally, and this is where I think the left and progressives get in trouble. Because the Republicans, via Trump, decided not to go with any autopsy and realized that there was power, though minority power, and calling Mexicans rapists and drug dealers and saying we're going to build a wall and outright saying what many people had long thought, you know, bringing, bringing a, a crude racism to the fore so that people could hear it and go, yeah, I don't want them here. The Republicans had have demonized it to the extent, and you saw it with kids being separated from their parents. Uh, to be fair, those detention centers um, had been there during Obama, and Obama deported more people than George W. Bush. So I just want to do the dirty moderate thing and make sure I'm not any, and, you know, doing any partisan whip cracking. But we need to fix this system. We, we need to encourage legal immigration. We need a greater volume, you can call it a deluge of judges to do this processing. We need to have a, a, a much better way to, to solve this. Granted, you know, Texas and Arizona are border states, so they live with this. And you hear people say, well, you know, this is how we live. Yeah. But at the same time, there are immigrants across this country. They're not necessarily storming the border because if they're in Illinois, that's not where they're coming in. But as I said, the federal government drops people all over the country. And then they wait. They're here. And you know what many of them do? Work. I mean, this labor shortage now, the uh, Angolan immigrants I mentioned in Maine are taking the majority of jobs in the, in the lobster industries and other industries in Maine that, you know, good old Americans either won't take, don't take, can't take. All those things are being filled by immigrants. You know, we're a big country, a capacious, generous, expansive country. We can do better than this. I mean, we should do better than this. And, you know, Vice President Harris this weekend twice said, well, our border is secure. It's not true. She knows it's not true. So as bad as this stunt is, and I'm not both sidesing it, but as I always say, just because one thing is bad doesn't mean that the other thing is good. Joe Biden, to his credit, 
announced immigration reform on his first day in office. And of course it was shelved. I say, of course, because nothing ever gets done, but there is a political potency, you might say, in the Democrats holding on to, oh my God, they're human trafficking. Oh my God, they're fascists, which they are doing. But you see how that can play into the politics. You see how that can whip people up. You see how that can kind of take the border issue back from the right. The problem is I can't stand what our fascists in this country are trying to do. And you know I want the Democrats to win. I say that. I say it. I say it with every fiber of my being. But I have to tell you that the Democrats have a problem when people talk about the border. They have a problem of trust because they seem as if they're for open borders. They're not. Well, some Democrats are. But they are absolutely afraid because – They saw this huge growth in the Latino vote in the Obama years, and they think demography is still destiny. Well, first of all, working class voters who are white, black, and brown are defecting quite a lot of them, the Democrats, especially Latinos, not as many on the, not as many black uh, voters, but still working class. And I think what happens is, is that it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, how could you be cruel to the border if you're living on Park Avenue and you're insulated from real life? You know, these things matter to people. And I think there's an honorable debate, not MAGA, I'm not talking about that, of people who who really would like immigration reform because I think they think people should follow the law. Do you know many Latinos feel the same way? It's again, they're not monoliths. You know, I always I'm always hard on white liberals on this program because I think some of you guys are up your own ass. You know, your your empathy and compassion and 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 ability to Think that you can socially engineer everything is astonishing to me because it falls flat on its face again and again. And it defies the fact, again, that people aren't monoliths. So a friend of mine uh, threw a podcast launch party for me last spring. And one thing I said to him, I said, you know, I want you to gather men, women of a variety of different backgrounds, people who are engaged by politics, but I want essentially my own focus group. I want women of color. I want Hispanic women, again, Asian people, certainly white men. Let's do it. And I have to tell you now, granted, it's anecdotal, you know, hardly this is not a representative sample, like in a poll, but I had about 15 people there and about six of them, let me think, yeah, six of them were Latino and or Asian women, but four of the six were Latino. And they all said, hey, we voted for Biden, but we don't want illegal immigration and the border seems overrun. And why are they doing that? And they talked about their relatives in Texas, some in Arizona, they talked about relatives down in border towns, but they spoke here and from here and said, just because they hated what Trump did and just because they voted for Joe Biden, that wasn't a blank check. They're not for, you know, no border security. In the 2020, one of the early 2020 presidential debates, the Democratic presidential debates, they asked all the candidates on stage where they stood on health care for illegal immigrants. And with the exception of Joe Biden, they all said yes. Now, if you can't see how this plays into the animus, forget the Republican demagoguing. I don't mean it as an important, it's a generator of fear and it's meant to divide us. But think about being a black steel worker who's struggling to pay the bills, who doesn't have universal health care because this country doesn't have that. And Obamacare could be too expensive. And maybe his or her union doesn't provide health care anymore. Maybe they're paying out of pocket, whatever the case may be. And they're out there in Scranton, PA. I'm not talking about a white, talking about a black working class person, but it applies to anybody. And they hear all these people. They see a stage of Elizabeth Warren and Julian Castro and Bernie and, you know, a bunch of misguided people, in my opinion, say, yeah, let's, let's give it to them. 
I mean, you understand how that can curdle into a kind of resentment that has nothing to do, and I'm talking about somebody of color feeling this, whether the person's brown or not, like Latinos who came to my party, like Latinos I grew up with, they said, we came here legally. Why can't they? That's not for me to wade in on, other than the fact that I think our policy needs to be changed, and we should be encouraging legal immigration. But we also should be making a great home like Portland, Maine is doing and like so many places in this country are for job-seeking, poverty-fleeing, life-bettering immigrants who come here and want to enjoy this country, enjoy the American dream. So while I condemn wholeheartedly what I'm watching from, I mean, you know, sending a group of migrants, that is Greg Abbott doing that to Kamala's house and you know, Muriel Bowser saying, oh my God, we're overrun. Well, I mean, if anything, right, this issue can be pragmatically won. If the Democrats stepped up right now, listen to me, Dems. I know a lot of Dems listen to me, independents listen to me, no conservatives listen to me. Instead of using this as Twitter rhetoric all day, why doesn't, and Kamala should not say the border is secure when it's not. Why don't the Democrat, why doesn't Biden come back and say, hey, I have an immigration reform bill. I want legal immigration. I want everybody in this country to know that we welcome you. We want you to do it. We want you to do it freely, but fairly, but we welcome you. And I'm proposing that we fix it now. So there aren't, there isn't this, this influx. I know we'll be met with resistance, but what I mean is the Republicans are going to occupy the space. Nature abhors a vacuum folks. They are going to occupy the void. If the Democrats don't fill it, David from, uh, who writes for the Atlantic or has written for the Atlantic for a long time was an ex He's a never Trump or Republican. I don't actually know if he's left the party or not, but uh, he was a George W. Bush speechwriter. He's Canadian, actually. Famously said something, I'm paraphrasing, that if Democrats and you know honest, decent people don't seal the border, fascists will. There's always a kernel of truth in anybody's propaganda, but it's how they spin and they turn that truth to their own advantage. So there is truth that there is a huge influx at the border. And Democrats shouldn't say, well, that's not true because Biden passed the, uh, passed the chip bill or the veteran, veterans bill. Nobody's okay. Both things, things, both of them are true, but huge swath. I said over two year period came under Trump. So it's not that Biden is encouraging people. Matter of fact, he sent many, 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 many people home. And up until recently kept the title 42 in place, which said that, uh, immigrants would have to kind of hold in a waiting period before coming here in kind of a squalid Mexican uh, holding pattern, uh, holding place. Um, it's all complicated. And I'm not going to tell you that I have all the answers, but there have been immigration reform bills sponsored by George W. Bush. There have been ones that John McCain pushed. There are ones that Barack Obama wanted. There are ones that Joe Biden has pushed. Trump had no interest in that because his stock and trade was fear and vengeance, fear and loathing. But the Democrats don't have to do fear and loathing. And this may be a moment, as horrid as it is, to take up the mantle of something that is proven to be such a polarizing issue in this country and make those words, give us your tired and give us your poor, make those words resonate with meaning, with compassion, but with pragmatism. Folks, as always... You can make a difference. Go to vote.org, vote.org, vote.org. 
org. That is where you go to vote. I, I want to make sure you're registering everybody. Have you registered your pharmacist yet? Have your dog walker? How about your great grandmother? Do it, do it, do it. This is an existential election 2022. Democracies on the ballot. Also, our midterms 2022 campaign is being covered wildly here by my team and myself. Subscribe to Substack at dirtymoderate.com. There is a host of info on key races and more. My newsletter, everywhere that you see on the website, you will get that information. And finally, of course, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We are everywhere. We thank you for your support. Of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dirty Moderate. As we always say, we're trying to save democracy one episode at a time. Thanks for joining me. Until next week, stay dirty, stay moderate. Most of all, stay safe.